Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Todd. Dr. Wagner, how are you? Doing pretty good. Good. Doing pretty good. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the ironic delusion of worry. The ironic delusion of worry. All right. Well, I, I find that a lot of my clients um, who struggle with anxiety and engage in worry um, feel like the worry is somewhat productive or healthy for them. Mm. And, and that's an interesting um, thing to talk about with my clients. Do you have yeah. this conversation? Yeah, definitely. Let's, um, let's sort of define our terms. Like what, what is worry? Exactly? How do you define worry? Worry um, is is uh, uh, in, well. I call it behaviorist. Uh, hardcore behaviorists will be really upset by this, but I call it an internal behavior. This is a a habit of thinking in a what if or future catastrophizing sort of way um, that usually is accompanied by some kind of unknown uh, in the anxiety the person who has anxiety. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some kind of question mark about what will happen and um, the coping skill that is in, in, engaged in there is worry. I'm going to think about this, every potential outcome that could happen, how I might react to that in, in various ways or what that might lead to in other ways. And it tends to be this very circular um, anxiety provoking thought exercise. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's key off the bat is that to kind of distinguish it from um, planning, right? Because it's it's thinking, usually yeah. about the future, some sort yeah. of unknown or in a, in a problem. But that in itself is not bad, right? It's important to be able to think about the future and problems and, and mm-hmm. what ifs. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But by definition, worry is unproductive thinking about problems in the future. Well, and that makes sense because if you're really thinking and planning and problem solving, your anxiety would decrease. Mm. Right, because it would be productive. You'd be arriving at new conclusions, new possibilities for how to do things. But as anyone who finds himself worrying eventually realizes it kind of like often doesn't get us anywhere, which which kind of brings us to the, the core dilemma here of if, if on a base level, we kind of know that worry, it makes us anxious and it doesn't usually solve any problems. Why do we still kind of think that it's helpful? Why do we keep doing it? Mm. Well, it's... it's um there is that illusion that you're you're dealing with the problem somehow you're thinking about it you're 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 doing something about it by thinking about it yeah i i often run into a the the maybe fallacy in reasoning here is is that it's a well this time it's different situation like mm-hmm. you probably mm-hmm. think back in your past and you go like yeah i know like i always worry about this thing and it never changes anything and it like it always just makes me anxious and nothing gets better but this time, like it, re- <laughs> it really might be a tumor this time, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. so I'm going to worry right. about it. Yeah. Or like, you know, tonight, if I don't fall asleep tonight, the meeting tomorrow is huge. And if I don't sleep well, like I, so, you know, is, this is the big one. This worry is warranted. Yeah. So I do need to do yeah. worry this time. Well, and um, yeah, the, the, the idea that the worry must be warranted um, is, is kind of, Again, well, there's a really a, a, a neat kind of negative reinforcement that happens with this. Um, I, I can't remember who said it, but someone said that worry is like paying a debt you don't own. You don't owe, basically. Okay. So 
up front, you're doing all this mental kind of gymnastics, usually for an event that never happens. Because if you really talk to people who struggle with anxiety, most of their catastrophic predictions never come true. Right. Right. And when, when you've worried about something, worried about something, and then that event doesn't come true, you almost get a sense that that worry worked. Oh, right. Right. There's this right. kind of relief. It oh, didn't happen. It didn't I happen. was worrying about it. I was Therefore, worrying about it. Next time, led yeah. to it not happening. So the idea is the more you worry, the more reinforcing it is because most of our mm-hmm. anxious catastrophic predictions never come true. Um, but you do definitely reinforce the idea that the worry was useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that definitely happens. And so you see this a, with, a lot with like health anxiety or worry about other people's safety mm-hmm. or worry about performance, right? I could give this big presentation or do this big speech or something. Um, or worry about or, relationships, relationships and ins- the insecurities and in relationships. There's a lot of worry around what those. other people are thinking of me. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's mm-hmm. just all these, but what about, so how does this work with people? I, I have a lot of clients with anxiety and, and chronic worry who will tell me, um, Nope. You know what? I knew this was unproductive. I was telling myself this is not helping, but I just couldn't help it. I just, my mind just kept worrying. It's almost as if worry was like its own sort of entity um, doing. So why, my assumption is that, like you said, worry is something we do. Mm -hmm. It's a behavior. It's an internal behavior, right? Mm -hmm. It can be kind of habitual, but it is something we have control over. Mm -hmm. A worry might pop into your head, but after that, whether you continue to elaborate on it and cycle through it, that is under your control. So why, why do we keep doing, in these situations where people know it's not actually helpful, but feel kind of compelled to do it anyway, what's that about? Well, I, I think they might be just under-practiced at shifting their attention. Oh. Um, this is an adaptive skill. I mean, it, it, your mind does produce worry, th- worrisome thoughts for you because it's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to say, yeah. hey, have you thought of this? And if you fixate then on the this, you know, and you fixate on it and you fixate on it and you play it out and you play it out and then start making other kind of fantastic uh, catastrophic predictions on top of it, um, man, that is a that is now a behavior you are engaged in and you are controlling and driving. In and it. crucially, you're reinforcing, right? Yeah. Your, your brain yeah. goes, hey, your spouse is on a plane flight. They, their plane might crash, Good right? God, I hope she's this okay. This is dangerous. You yeah. should like worry about it. Mm-hmm. That's your brain's prediction. That's a hypothesis, right? If you start worrying, what you're telling your brain is, yep, that's true. That is a real dangerous possibility. Oh, God. Right? Yeah, what would I do? And which, which means the next time your spouse goes on a plane flight, your brain is going to want you to worry even more because mm-hmm, it's so identified it, a potential threat. Exactly. So the key is it's your brain's job to look at all potential threats and say, Hey, do you think this is a threat? It's your job to be able to say, you know what? I get why you thought maybe this was a threat, but no, it's not really a threat. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah. And what that is, like you mentioned, that's shifting your attention. That's your brain saying, Hey buddy, pay attention. Mm-hmm. And you go, you know what? I get it. Thank you for the reminder, but I've assessed this and it isn't pertinent. So I'm going to shift my attention somewhere else. That's how you teach your brain and help it sort out actual dangers from not actual dangers. But if you treat every single suggestion from your brain as a legitimate danger, you're going to start worrying about everything. And that tends to be the habit with uh, people who struggle with generalized anxiety disorder. They're very, very, very practiced at fixating on every potentially identified threat their mind can produce. 
another way to think about that too, by the way, is that they're too trusting of their brain. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're not more, suspicious of their thoughts. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. take their thoughts as gospel, not as hypotheses or guesses mm-hmm. or predictions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, they're really bad kind of graders of their own thoughts sometimes, right. yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. There's definitely like a mental muscle thing here where it's, it's a skill you can sort of practice of noticing your mind go one way and saying, nope, you know what? I don't want to go that way, even though I'm sort of feeling pulled. The other thing, and I, I'm curious to get your take on this, but I think with these people who have kind of compulsive worry where they sort of understand it's not functional, but they find themselves doing it anyway and it's hard to tear themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. I think there, there is a more subtle reason why they're doing it which is it, it gives the illusion, however temporary, of control. Mm. So when you're, to go back to the example of your, your spouse is flying and you're worried about them getting a plane crash, something like that, or your kid's going on their first road trip or something and you're worried about something terrible happening. Mm-hmm. Those, both of those, and like almost all worries, they're things you don't have direct control over mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's very natural in situations like that to feel helpless. Mm-hmm. Right? I meant there's literally nothing I could do. It is possible that my spouse gets in a plane crash. There is nothing I can do about that right now. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely helpless. If you have a low tolerance for helplessness, mm-hmm. right? If that really distresses you, worry is a really good way to feel like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. So even though you're not under the illusion that you're actually going to change the outcome, it's like you have a job at least. You have something you can do rather than just sit around feeling helpless. Yeah. So it's a way to avoid that discomfort of feeling helpless and out of control. Well, and and no wonder that people with anxiety struggle with escape behaviors a lot because um, rather than uncertainty, you trade it for control when you avoid. Yes. Right? Rather than experience the uncertainty in the situation, if you choose to avoid it, you have certainty. Right? I don't... I don't, if I can prevent my wife from going on the trip, I don't have to feel uncomfortable about whether or not her plane could crash. Right. Um, and so by forcing her to stay home, I get to ex- escape my anxiety for the certainty that she's okay. However, there might be an impact on your relationship, yeah. depending on how many times you're willing to do that. So, right. Yeah. Or even on your own life, right? If you keep avoiding yeah. scary things, your life starts to shrink and shrink and shrink and get narrower and narrower and narrower mm-hmm. because you're trading off so much in order to feel kind of in control safe. and certain yeah. and safe and, yeah. and avoid uncertainty. Yeah. So, right. so a, a lot of ways is, is, uh, or in, in a lot of ways getting better, um, at worry requires you to be more comfortable with uncertainty. Yeah. Or at least being more okay with being uncomfortable. <laughs> there you go. Right. That just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's bad or painful and, and that I can actually build up my tolerance for this. Yeah. And, and, and teaching yourself that uncertainty isn't scary. Da- all the time, right? Yeah, or or maybe even it, it can be scary, but just because it's scary doesn't mean it's dangerous. Bad, right? right. Yep. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance, and if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.